Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am thrilled to have on the show today Mr. Joel Klein, who has 10 years of experience as a business coach. He is a marketing pioneer, and he runs what is called BizTank and the B-Tank platforms, which is essentially a Shark Tank-style show for different types of companies, putting together being the Shadchan, the the uh, the matchmaker between those who have the resources to support in terms of money, in terms of ideas, in terms of time, and those who have the drive, energy, and ideas to execute. So you get a fascinating perspective on the Jewish approach to work, how to work, and then a lot of very nuanced and technical and profound concepts about building a successful career. So no further ado. Joel Klein. Please tell me a little bit about how you started in business and marketing. I started off a little over a decade ago. Um, actually, it's almost two decades. I started off as a, I would call it an accidental entrepreneur. Originally, I helped an organization, a nonprofit organization, while I was learning. I was in Kurdo learning and my main focus was um, I had in mind being a Torah scholar. I had many offers uh, from being a rabbi and a teacher and I pursued my career more in the special ad category but while I was doing that I helped a nonprofit organization as a volunteer. And my job at that organization was taking care on the marketing aspects of the fundraising efforts, not because I knew that I know something about marketing. It was more that they assigned me to that. I had a skill in writing, mainly in Yiddish writing. I used to be a Yiddish writer um, Hebrew, uh, so I, I used to write a lot. So I took that skill and helped that organization. Later on, um, while working with that organization, I started getting requests from many different designers and marketing companies whom I worked with while I was helping that organization. They reached out to me Joe, can you help me with an idea here, a strategy here, a line, a tagline, a promotional offer? So that was my aha moment that maybe I'm onto something, maybe I have something to offer. While I was helping that organization, someone came to me with an offer buying off a business, a certain business, totally non-related to marketing. Uh, it was a check business, an online check business. And the organization, the founder of that organization had a payroll company. And naturally I asked him if I would buy this check business, if you would be my customer. 
So he right away told me, Joel, you are in the wrong business. Don't look at that check business. I'm going to help you. You, you are opening a marketing company. You have a certain skill that I really see. I would love to introduce you to some of my business colleagues. You are opening a marketing company. And that's how I started my marketing company. Originally, we started off as immediate marketing, immediate creative marketing solutions. It was mainly geared towards marketing. Um, I did some strategy in writing. The way how I used to get paid at that time was on project, project by project basis. So a client would come into my office. We were talking, schmoozing for hours and hours. And then if a project would come out, we, he would, we would give him a proposal and we get the deposit and we start rolling mainly marketing, uh, managing and managing the strategy and outsourcing all the artwork and the printing and whatever it involves in the marketing project. One day a guy came into my office. Uh, the, that guy is still a customer of mine. He, it was a, about 15 years ago. He walked into my office and we were sitting and schmoozing, schmoozing like for an hour, strategizing what we'll do for his company. He had a trade show that he needed to attend and he was trying to come up with an idea how, how to, to um, do his trade show. And we came up with great ideas, promotional ideas, strategies, how to attract people to his booth. But um, once we finalized that, that schmooze, we, we finished off that I'll give him a proposal, but he got up and he asked me, Joel, how much is the meeting today? So I took the, the audacity and I told him it's 350. He took out a check and, and he wrote $1,000 and he told me, I'm giving you now for the next two meetings. So this is how I started charging for consulting. This guy probably till today, he doesn't know that he was my first consulting client, paid consulting client. He's still a client of ours, Baruch Hashem, a happy client. So after that, I started charging first 350. Later on, we went up and we charged $500 an hour. And this is how my consulting career started. Joel, can I ask, it's, it's, a, it's a couple of interesting questions are, are just kind of coming up. Did you feel a certain level of, I guess you could say frustration or um, concern leaving what would have been perhaps a, a career in Rabanus to pursue your, your business? How did you make that thing work? Or did you say, this looks like a great way I could feed my family. I'm going to go this way and I'll pursue my Torah learning and education as just for the sake of, of, of growth myself? Very interesting question. More, more recently, I was asked the same question by the mainstream media. Um, and the answer for that is really right now, what I'm doing is I'm doing the same thing that I would do if I would be 
a rabbi or a teacher. I'm helping people, whether it's helping them in Torah learning or helping them with means of panusa, and making connections with them and advising people. I feel a certain spiritual obligation in that. While I'm sitting with my clients, I can feel the siyata deshmaya, the divine presence, in every step in the way. Um, in the last 15 years, whenever I did business in Panusa, every action uh, that I did, I've seen so much um, siyata deshmaya, and it's impossible that that there's it's for sure the Adasham and everything that I do. So I feel, I don't feel frustration at all um, after I'm seeing that I'm doing something that Hashem guides me in every action. So the Hashem, I was able to build a solid reputation and I'm able to help people when people are sending me testimonials, how I transform their lives, um, not only in business, but in their day-to-day -day life and family, because of teaching them and helping them, whether in leadership, management, organization, or strategy and communication, and they apply it with their day-to-day -day life, whether it's with their shulim bias or how to communicate with their friends or kids or family members, so this is really fulfilling and rewarding and this gives me the drive and energy to go further in my career. Okay, so then the next, the next question would be, when you had that moment where your client asked to pay you for the hour of your time and you had never considered that this would be in and of itself a value, what made you say or how did you walk through that door of being afraid or you know him laugh like how did you step up and tell yourself it was okay to ask for the money and how did you come up with a number so the answer for that is i always had this uh this feeling that i need to charge for my time and i always was scared taking that initiative initiative um there were two reasons why i didn't do it before one was I always looked at consulting as a trading dollars for hours business. I didn't feel that this is a great business to pursue. I didn't feel if I'm in business, I want to make some big money just from consulting. I didn't feel I always made my calculations, even if I would ask thousand dollars an hour, how many hours can I give for clients? And it's limited. Um, so I didn't pursue that um, that category. And the other thing is I didn't trust myself that I'm worth asking for money. But when this guy gave me the encouragement um, and asked me, Joel, how much do you charge per hour? I took the audacity and the initiative to try my luck. Uh, let's see how people will react to, it, to that. And since he was so kind and gave it so willingly, I knew that I should charge for that. But it wasn't my core business. Uh, I still sticked with my marketing company and I'm still having marketing projects. So this is more like, it was at that time more as a side job 
I focused on mainly on marketing and I had consulting and coaching from time to time, initial consultations before a project starts, or from time to time people called me, I charged money and this is how I started my consulting. With the time, the consulting and coaching aspect in my business took over most of my day-to-day um, time and my marketing company is Baruch Hashem, um, being managed and delegated to the right people so I can focus on consulting and coaching all day. That's amazing. Now, one of the fascinating parts about your story is that you say that the advice and the directions that you're able to give as a business coach and, and consultant is changing people's lives. One of the major um, challenges, I think, the people that want to get into this kind of a field have is the amount of education that's involved in getting to a point where they feel like they have what to offer. And so perhaps if you could speak about what your own path was or what you, how you were able to build up the skill sets that you have the confidence that you can help clients get to where they want to get to, not just on a dollar perspective of how successful the project is, but you know, all, overall for their life. And also what kind of advice you could give someone what resources they should look for in order to learn how to uh, do this appropriately? So that's a great question. Um, I always tell my clients that the more I know, the more I know how much I don't know. And really, how could we help other people? It's impossible to help other people. And you know, the difference between consulting and coaching is a consultant gives advice and he's an opinion giver, a professional opinion giver. As a coach, I'm not a, a professional opinion giver. I'm just sitting and listening to the client and through my questioning and through my effective listening, the client opens himself and he gets into places where by himself he wouldn't get to get into himself on a deeper level and he comes to the conclusion and he knows best what's good for him. So really my skill is effective listening. I'm a, I'm a great listener and people can talk and talk. And even before I started my career, even when I was learning um, and focused on the medical studies and even when I was a student, I always found myself people were talking to me and revealing stuff that they wouldn't reveal to anyone else. And I would always give them um, just feedback through questioning. It was more like an inborn skill. And my mother used to tell me always, Joe, you'll be a psychologist. You'll be a, a, a life coach once you grow up. Because people used to talk to me for hours and hours and I would listen to them and they walked away. I remember one time I had a client and he was sitting and talking like maybe for one and a half hours straight. And I charged, uh, let's say 750 for sitting with him. He walked out and he told me, Joel, thanks for your amazing advice. And I was thinking to myself, I didn't tell him anything. I was just listening to him. 
but you know uh, we know Chazal say Miller the sailor Shtika that a uh, 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 a word is worth uh, a dollar um, listening is worth two dollars so listening is sometimes worth more than advice so this is what I'm doing I'm not a professional opinion giver. I'm a listener and I'm giving perspective and just uh, last night I had a guy called me up um, about a job opportunity offer that someone offered her uh, and she was really skeptical of taking a, a, a change and I was listening there about one and a half hours through questioning she came along to her conclusion that she's staying with her current position. And I was thinking to myself, look, uh, all this person needed was someone sitting and listening for 90 minutes in a row. And she came to her own conclusion. So you asked me what you need to do in order to start off a business like that. The answer is you need to be quiet and listen and learn what effective listening means, what effective communication means. I have helped with, with the time I, uh, I read some books, but I, I would say most of my knowledge comes from my learning in the past. Um, even when, later on when I got my certification as a certified professional business coach, I was sitting with uh, like a few hundred professional business consultants and coaches and probably I'm the youngest over there because most of them are retired business people who take their knowledge and adapt it and try to help other people with their knowledge and business experience and I was one of the youngest there and everyone asked me from where did you learn from where your education comes and I told them I think from just biblical studies from Torah by learning, you can learn so much, whether you learn um, just starting off how Avruham negotiated with Ephraim on a piece of property, you can learn what business is all about, or you can, when you learn uh, Gemara, um, there's so much you can learn about negotiations and business dealings and even marketing, there are so many different areas in Chazal where you can find references to marketing, how to attract people to, to a store by giving out promotions. So this is from where my main learning and experience in business came from. But with the time I adapted some, some great um, concepts from the business professionals out there and I my first book that I read about in the self-help category was how to win friends and influence people by Del comedy later on I I adapted the um, the book of um, the seven habits of highly effective people and so I, I'm reading a lot, but I would say most of my reading is just reinforcing my knowledge, but then I'm trying to adapt it to my, to my uh, 
business day-to-day -day practices and I'm trying to adapt those concepts and apply it to my daily operations and this helps me a lot. So one of the phenomenal concepts that you're speaking about is that a person ultimately has whatever they need within them and it's just a matter of helping them get it out and get it clear, mostly, I guess, for their own head to sort of know where to go. Would you say when it comes to like actual practical business strategies, not like, you know, do I take this job or that job or do I, you know, is this the right approach to my family or, or, or the other, but is that also true when it comes to how do I grow my business? How do I get more people to, you know, hear about me? And how do you, how do you bring that out of somebody? Right, so basically, um, in business, I would divide it into there is a certain element that only you know the reason why you started off your business, only you know your vision. No one else can give you a vision or direction. So the business owner knows better than anyone else whether he would start he started a mom and pop shop or he started an online business or an app. He knows the best why he started it and as the saying goes if you can dream it you can achieve it this is the truth in business the reason why most people fail is not in my past experiences of course money is a major factor that demotivates a person if he doesn't have it and if he doesn't have the approach how to raise capital to build a startup or if he doesn't have the approach how to organize his financials so it should be attractive enough for the bank or for an investor. But the real reason why people fail is by being discouraged, by giving up. And the reason why they give up is because when they started off, they had a vision, they had a dream, and it was rosy and beautiful, it was colorful, but all of a sudden, this vision became blurry. They, they are totally rethinking their vision. Like we're, I had a, a business owner that asked me like, where was I 10 years ago when I had this vision? What, I, what was I thinking at that time? Um, this business idea that I started has no potential, has no, um, has no traction, where, where is my mind? Uh, am I so stupid of thinking of an idea like that? And the answer is no, you had a vision, you had a dream, but certain circumstances made that you should think that your vision or dream is not, is not good anymore, whether it's family or personal failures, discouragement, lack of motivation to get up after falling businesses ups and downs you need to have the motivation and you need to have the courage to get up and walk and take challenges and transform them into opportunities so this is one a vision only the business owner has that vision and by listening to them and giving them a safe zone where they can sit and talk and say whatever they think I always tell my clients it's quantity versus quality here and you can say anything it's a non-judgmental zone 
I would never ask you a question why you did it. I would never condemn you if you made a mistake. So it's quantity versus quality. And in fact, no one makes mistakes. It's learning experiences. A mistake is only a, a mistake if you don't take the mistake and learn from it. But if you take that experience and you, it's a learning experience. So this is number one, what I do. When I listen to my clients, I listen to their vision, I clean up their negative negativity and they get back to themselves and they started flourishing again. They walk out energized again. That's one. But then there are certain information that's needed in order to run a business. They can have a vision or a dream, but there are certain limitations. Everyone has their own limitations. Everyone has certain knowledge, but they lack other experience and knowledge. So what I do in my career, in my coaching business is I'm connecting them to the right people. I'm connecting them to the right individuals who have certain knowledge and certain experiences in areas where they don't have experience, whether it's business systemization, connections um, to hire, uh, to buyers or, or connections to manufacturers or there's so much connections that we can help people with whether it's strategic connections or or connections with people who do similar things and making shadichem, how you call it, partnering up people whether on projects or lifetime uh, partnerships you know a person can only do as much as he could do, but two people can do so much more. So I'm a big fan of collaboration. I'm, I wouldn't say partnership, but collaboration. So I'm helping people getting out of the, their zone, connecting with other people, networking with the right individuals. And this is what I'm doing constantly. I saw in my career and my business experience. I saw many business owners who are boxed in in their own environment and they are afraid to go out of it. They're afraid to reveal their vision to other people because they're afraid people will steal their idea or they, they are afraid that people will copy whatever reason. My, my goal always is don't worry. No one will copy you. No one will take away whatever belongs to you, have faith, just go out and connect. And this is how I started my BizTank concept because I realized that part of my job is connections and I'm connecting them, making them network with people, connecting them to people who have deep pockets, connecting them to people who have done that, been there. There's so much that you can avoid by partnering with people who have experience, so you don't need to go and live through all mistakes. You can take um, connections and they can give you from their experience um, feedback, what you need to do and what you shouldn't do because they have done it and they failed or when they have done this and this and this, they succeeded. So this is why I started off my BizTank platform. So that's fascinating. So basically what you're saying is that a person has to have the courage and the ability to listen to themselves and everything that they can't do, rather than saying, I have to do it myself, find someone that's already done it and it comes naturally to them and just kind of work with them. 
Exactly. Collaboration and delegation is the key to success. And I spoke to a big business owner. He told me, he showed me um, one department in his company that brings in annually over a million dollars. And this department is, let's say, chargeback prevention. So he told me originally when he would need to do this division of chargeback to prevention, if he would own that task, he would probably um, never do it and he would lose every year a million dollars. But because he was smart enough finding the right individual that will focus on, on the chargeback prevention category, this concept alone brought him back a million dollars a year, prevented him from losing a million dollars a year. So delegation is the key to success and collaboration. I would say, I wouldn't call it only delegation. I would call it collaborating with people who have the know-how. If someone is a programmer, allow the programmer to take care on the business aspect as far as programming. If someone is uh, knows how to um, do computer IT, don't fix your computer by yourself. Allow another person to fix the computer. So these are just the, the ABCs in business, but there are many deeper levels in business, like, like things that you could do and things that you are good at, but you gotta be able to say no. You know, there, we know, we always know that the more, you, there's a saying, there's a, a concept that the more we know, the better we are. I like to spell no, N-O, and I tell my clients, the more you know, the more you tell for yourself, no, I'm not gonna do this. I'm only gonna do this and this. I'm gonna focus on something that only I could do, but whatever other people could do, even though I'm good at it, why not delegate it to other people? Or by saying no to certain things, that's tempting, but no, I'm focused and I'm focusing on whatever I wanna pursue and whatever my ultimate goal is, this will ultimately take you to the ultimate success. So I, I wanted to just kind of drill into that concept. I think there's, there's two sides of the coin. On one hand, and I, and I would ask you to sort of just draw on the fact that you work with so many different business owners and have seen so many different people achieve success in their careers. To one extent, it's, it's very intimidating because a person might feel like I don't have all of the skill sets that it takes to be exceptional. You know, even if you, I think in, in America, we sort of look at a, at a Tom Brady, so to speak, and you only see his, you know, unbelievable skill set. And oftentimes you might completely discount the fact that he has a coach, coaches and a team and everything else that works. And you just say, you know, well, I'm not Tom Brady, so I'm never going to be able to do what he does. That's question number one. And then question number two is, to what extent does Imuna or, or a certain faith in God work that allows you to have the ability to say no? It's like, I'm good at this skill and this person's asking me to do this, but if I say no, maybe I'm gonna miss out on my big chance. So I guess drawing from your experience, to what extent does a person's talent play into their success? And to what extent does a person's faith play into their success to allow them to say no? So uh, 
it's a great question. And for me, what I've seen in the past is just the opposite. The people who knew that they don't know anything, they don't have any talents, those are the, these people are the most successful people because they know that they don't know how to do everything. So they need to collaborate. Originally they collaborate because they think they are forced to collaborate because they don't know how to do things. But this is their ultimate secret to success because they collaborated with people who are smarter than them and they hired people who know better than them. The people who think that they know everything and they are smarter than anyone else, they will stay in their box. Ultimately, um, they are not the ones who are successful in entrepreneurship. The number one point in business when it comes to entrepreneurship by me is knowing that I don't know anything and I'm not the most talented individual out there. And I need to get a, a, align myself with smarter people than myself. So when someone comes in and I feel that they have a lack of confidence or they have a lack of, of uh, how you call it, um, self-esteem, because they think that other people who are successful are way smarter than them or they have something more they're more talented than they are the answer to them is when it comes to entrepreneurship the the greatest asset what an entrepreneur could have is understanding that they don't know everything and they don't need to know everything the more they understand that concept the more destined to success they are so if someone asks me, do I need to be talented in order to be uh, an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur? The answer is you gotta be talented, but the talent is humbleness. You gotta be humble and you gotta understand what your clichés are, what your strengths are and focus on that. And don't be upset that you don't know how to play or don't be upset that you don't know how to sing. Do whatever you could do and align yourself with people who know how to do things better than you. And this will be your greatest asset to success. And about your other question about uh, faith in Alina, um, it's a very complicated question. It's almost impossible to answer. Everyone has their level of faith in Alina. For me, I'm not able to go even one step in one I every time that I I'm trying to think that I know better and I could do something myself I realized that I was wrong so Amina and Faith is the guiding uh, compass of my business and it's impossible to continue even one day in business without Faith for me what I would say is, I know that I'm not going to fail. Hashem doesn't want me to fail. And if he gave me this concept and this aha moment, it's meant for me and I'll, I'll pursue it and I'll try to come up with a way how to do it. 
and I know that he doesn't want me to fail, so that faith gives me a certain comfort, and this helps me in business. That's unbelievable. Joel, thank you so, so much. Please tell our listeners how they can find you, get more access to you, or to BizTank, or all of the projects that you're working on. So my company name is Immediate Marketing and Business Consulting. They can reach out to me online at immediatemarketing.com. Over there, I have something which we call the BMI, which is the Business Maturity Index, where they can fill out a certain questionnaire. And based on that, I'll know how I can help them, whether they are which level their business is in, whether it's in the starting point or in the next level, which we call the managing point or the executive point or the investor's point. And based on that, I know how to direct them. So when they go online, immediatemarketing.com, they will find that business maturity index questionnaire. When they fill it out, they will be guided and directed to the right parties or they can call in at my office at 718-855-5850. Again, 718-855-5850. And one of our associates will try to help them. And if you need funding or strategic help for your business, you want to pitch your idea in front of investors, which we have the BizTank concept, which is more like a Shark Tank style platform where we have investors and entrepreneurs coming down on a monthly basis, listening to pitches and ideas. So they can go to biztankmoguls.com. That's B-I-Z-T-A-N-K-M-O-G-U-L-S.com. And they can apply, submit their idea or business and our team will reach out to them and work with them to bring them in front of investors, whether it's in the Shark Tank Star platform or just outside the Biz Tank. If you have connections or ideas, or if you are an investor, you can also reach out to us. We always have things on the table, people whom we can help. Actually, we have hundreds of Jewish entrepreneurs that are waiting for strategic connections and collaboration and investment. So reach out to us. You never know. It might be your lucky call. It might be the next billion dollar idea sitting and waiting for you. So reach out to us again, whether you can send an email to info at this There you have it, folks, another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, we have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.